Hello everyone and welcome to episode 2 of the Gamers Rundown podcast. I, as always, am your wonderfully effervescent host, Mr. Richard Long, and I am joined by a man who could start a fight in an empty room, Mr. Stephen Paul. Woohoo! What? Yeah, take that empty room. And, yeah! And a man who could lose a battle of wits with an empty room, Mr. Don Miller. Uh-huh. <laughs> there's just there's no coming oh, back from wow. that, is there? Well, boy, do we have a, a full docket this evening, so in the interest of trying to keep things moving, I'm going to fly through this now. Let's see if we can keep this a tight ship, guys. This is going to be tight. It's going to be tight like a tiger. So um, we're going to head straight into news stories. Okay, so the first story I wanted to cover, we had um, some official word about the upcoming Steam boxes and the associated Steam controller um, that was put up on Game and I think other uh, sites were, were covering that as well. So that's coming out end of this year. Um, there's a whole bunch of different SKUs which range from, there was a Steam Link box which is literally kind of just like a streaming thing to your main PC all the way up to um, Alienware boxes which, you know, probably have like i7 processors and a gig and a half graphics cards and I don't remember any of the specs off the top of my head and I didn't make a note of them. It didn't seem important yeah. at the time. It looks pretty impressive. Um and that idea that all those games that you've bought from Steam, mm-hmm. you'll be able to take with you without having to pack up a computer or make sure your laptop's up to date. Well, it is worth mentioning, bear in mind, because it's going to run SteamOS, which is Valve's own operating system. Um, the only games you'll be able to run natively will be the ones that have a Linux version. Oh, ones wow. that don't have a Linux version, you would still need to stream from your actual PC because it's running SteamOS and not Windows. So, just a little side note for you. Very excellent. Yeah, just in case you thought it was going to be straightforward or anything, but I were like, how about some confusion and complications? How how about that? Um, they, they also, as well as that, have seen the Steam controller, which actually looks kind of cool. Like I'm kind of into it. They, they've kind of shown it off before. It's got this kind of really weird, like, indented kind of like mouse track pad sort of thing. It's like it, it's really weird to describe and this probably doesn't play in an audio podcast but it's like indented and it's got like kind of force Because Because you can't up. see <laughs> what, what I'm actually going to describe exactly what Richard's doing. He's rolling his thumb around and he's yeah. making it a plane waves with his arm look at him doing the worm with his arm you're not a Scottish For those of, you, uh, those of you that like the in-betweeners, just think of Feed the Pony. Wow. Darren Miller always knows how to lower the tone. Coming from you? The, the, the tone was never particularly high to begin with. I wouldn't worry about it. The tone's but, kind of... But let's, ju- let's just... Your tone is so low, it. it's like C minor. <laughs> so yeah, I think the controller um, looks quite cool. And people who have used the controller have said that it feels really nice and there's a good feel to it and it makes sense for, like, mouse-controlled games because that's obviously what a lot of Steam is. Apparently it works really well with that stuff. So I guess we'll wait and see. I kind of want to get hands-on with it to, to see what they're all on about and to 
see how it feels and the haptic feedback in the little kind of track paddy mousey th- I don't know what they're calling it right I'm going to stop making hand motions he's still trying. he's still so moving he's, hands, he's wiggling his thumbs you're not having a thumb over here sir <laughs> I, I am actually um I, I talk with my hands a lot I, I fidget that's just that's how I roll anyway past the steam box and control yeah. destiny yes. the Taken King has been leaked supposedly yeah, um, Red Bull leaked it, and I believe someone else, maybe Kotaku, I think, maybe ran with a story on it as well. So it's basically confirmed. Like we don't have the official confirmation yet, but it's, it's basically confirmed. Um, Taking King being, I I keep referring to 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 Stephen as Destiny 1.5. Like this is not a new game, but it it's kind of the same amount of content as you got in the disc last time. It's like 16 story missions, new raid. Um, what else was there? Other things. New, uh, three new more subclasses. More weapons. Subclasses, things like that. Yeah. yeah. So um, it, it just it's like an actual expansion for Destiny. Yeah. Um, Remember expansion packs? They're back. Yeah, it definitely seems that way. Um, it'll be interesting to see quite how they release it. Is it going to be a DLC release or is there going to be a full 50 quid disc? You know what's going to happen with it because at this point, someone like myself has already pumped ninety pound into the game, and I'm thinking, uh, yeah, your last DLC was all right, but your first one, uh, not too keen on it. So what's going to happen here? Um, and if it's a full fifty quid DLC bundle thing that you need, still need to go and buy the disc that you did with Warcraft. I'm not into it. I'm not feeling it, Bungie. I, my theory is that it will be a retail boxed release because the original leak for this before it was called Taking King, I think it was called Destiny Comet or something to that effect, was from an internal um, PowerPoint slide showing a, a roadmap that someone leaked out of Bungie that showed those first two expansion packs and then showed this one called Comet, but it showed this one with like a PS4 like disc case box as opposed to the little images you, that you see for the first two episodes, the little like pictures that they put on the PlayStation Store and that. This showed an actual box art next to it. So yeah. I think my theory is this is going to be a retail release. I don't know if it will be a full-priced retail release. I wouldn't surprise me if it came in a little bit lighter, if it was maybe £30 rather than 50 but I, I think it will totally be a retail release. Um, but would it surprise you if it came out at a full retail price with Bungie? Not entirely, and is that bad? You're like, yeah, probably. That's, that's probably bad, but that's... But moving on before we get too downbeat, well, speaking of, speaking of, speaking of, of uh, being downbeat, um, Nintendo saw fit to, to uh, update the Wii U. Yay! Yay! By removing TV support. And you're, I know you're an idiot, by the way. What did you do? I blame Darren. You know, you should, bl- you should blame Darren. Yes, you. Well, he has to blame, to blame someone. I'm not to blame for your idiocy. I blame you for everything, Darren. Like I just spend too much time with you, and then I get people's names wrong, and then I shout random things, and it's all your fault, Darren. It very much yep. is. So yeah, they killed uh, TV support in Europe, which was their kind of, I guess, their answer to Microsoft's um, television kind of bugoffany stuff that they television, were Television, with. television, television, television. Yeah, that one. So. Um, I guess not a great sign if you are a Wii U owner, Stephen. <clears throat> um, 
it seems like they're kind of they're going to focus on putting out maybe some first party games the Wii U and other than that they're probably going to wait for the NX we'll, we'll find out we'll find out quite a lot more about what Nintendo's plans are game wise with E3 coming up yes um, and that that's something that, that I'm personally I can't wait to see I can't wait to find out what titles I'm going to buy um, and things like that Um and talking of titles that I want to buy, Uncharted. Masterful full, segue, Stephen. Thank you. The, the full collection's coming, and that's been leaked. Yeah. That was leaked. That was leaked, and then officially... It was leaked and then officially confirmed since I wrote these show notes um, by Sony themselves. So that is definitely a thing that's happening, um, which is the first three, counting three, Uncharted games uh, in one package. That looks really interesting. <laughs> Um, the full collection, yeah, um, been released. However, we're back to this whole digital remaster. Yeah, I was saying to you earlier when we've been talking about this, Stephen. I'm kind of just done with with remasters of last gen games. It's like yeah. I played a lot of these last time out, and I'm just done with it. Like I'm ready to move on. Show me something do, new. Do you know what I want to see remastered? Crash Bandicoot. Spider the Dragon. They're the games that you fell in love with the PlayStation 1 over, and then you fell in love with some of the games that they had in the Xbox, the original Xbox, that we can't call the Xbox One anymore because apparently Microsoft don't name things in a functional way. But anyway, you, you still fell in love with those original games, but they won't go that far back. I think they kind of proved that with Windows 10, that they care not for your naming conventions. Windows no, 9 is... For sure. 98, 2000, XP, Millennium. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Microsoft care not for your naming conventions. Windows Vista. Oh, less said about that, the better. But, yeah. um, I, I, I don't think you'll see them go that far back, though, Stephen. Here's the thing. I'm not trying to be super... Well, maybe I'm trying to be super harsh, but see, going that far back... It requires a lot more effort on their part. Like the reason you're seeing so many remasters, I'm not saying it's a trivial process, but it's a bit easier if they already have a lot of this last gen stuff that they can upraise some of it. They can put in some new assets, uh, rework it a bit, kind of tweak it, um, add in all the DLC, and it's good to go. Like going back to something like Crash or whatever. That would be like a pretty sizable undertaking, and at that point, they'd have to really want to do that. And at that point, they'd yeah, be just as well making a new I feel, one. I feel a new Crash Bandicoot, for example, would be a very, very viable option. There's a lot of old franchises that maybe, maybe remastering isn't the thing, but maybe bringing them back in some sort of guise. You know, like Stephen said, I'd love a Crash Bandicoot again. Mm. I think it could be I'd, totally I'd love, viable. I'd love the original game to still work in my PS4. Yeah. Like, that, that's what I want. I want to play Crash Bandicoot. I absolutely loved it. Hooga biggers and everything. But pushing back, I'd love to see things like, you know, Streets of Rage, for example. I think that sort of franchise, you know, I'm baffled as to why there hasn't been something the Streets of Ragey that hasn't mm-hmm. came about, you know, since maybe Fighting Force on PS1. You know, and I would, I love that game, and I love Streets of Rage, and I'd love to see something like that come back. You know, just something that's not too in-depth, that you can just delve in and out, but a good side-scroll, well, not maybe side-scroll, but a good wee platformer that you can 
delve in and out without thinking about it too much, without intent, major intense storylines and all sorts. Because that's what kind of made the likes of Streets and Rage very, very good, because, yeah, there was a story that burned through it, but you didn't need to think about it too much, like a lot of games today where it's like, oh, here we go, have 20 minutes of FMV, and then, you know, by that point you're just like, let me play a damn game. Well, interestingly, I I had a very year, as Richard mentioned, and I can I can go and buy the original Donkey Kong and the Super Mario. Would you say um, it's on? What? Sorry. Would you say the game is on? Yeah, but I I can go and I can go and buy that for like three or four quid and have it on my Wii U. And yet that that is not I'm not saying that these are the best titles in the world, but I absolutely love playing them as a kid. Um, and it's something that I would like to see, even if they brought the original one out. Even if they brought the original Crash Bandicoot, I don't want it. I don't need it to be remastered. I'm quite happy to play the basic game, but I, I want Crash Bandicoot. I like Crash Bandicoot. I agree. Crash Bandicoot was a good fun. Can I can I just say to can I just say to Darren's point? I I think you're pretty much you're you're hoping for an unforeseeable, impossible dream there. If you want to see stuff like uh, Streets of Rage. Get a new entry because Sega have proven consistently that they have no idea to make video games anymore. Yeah. Well, is um, Sega now not going mobile only or something like that? I'm sure as well. Sega seem to just be like sitting in an office and going, "We have no friggin' idea." Like I don't know, just Sonic, quick, make another Sonic. Save us, Football Manager, and um, oh, what's the one by Creative Assembly? I'm drawing it's a blank. Professional right now. as ever. Um, yeah, I'm drawing a blank right now. But they're kind of they're they hang all their hats on pretty much the two franchises at Sega at this point because Football Manager and um, uh, Total War, Total War series. That's what I was thinking. Of. Total War and uh, Football Manager carry that um, studio. To be fair, and to your point, does I think EA like when they have their conference uh, in a, in a little bit. That'll be interesting to see because they have that kind of catalogue. If they wanted to, they could delve back and bring some some good stuff. You know, your your theme games, your as you say, Road Rash. Like they've got some stuff in the back catalogue. Should they choose to use it, I'm not sure that we'll see it. But um, do EA? And this, forgive my ignorance here, but do EA still have a hand in Westwood Studios and all that sort of stuff? Um, because so, I'd like to see. Uh, I'd like to see more Command and Conquer. We've talked about this before. I think but... it's yeah. I think it's confusing with the whole Westwood thing because they obviously they bought Westwood and I think they merged it with another studio, so it's kind of technically this. And I think they are still working technically on a Command and Conquer game because there was one that they announced that they then scrapped, and I think they said oh, they're working on a Command and Conquer, just not that one from before that that mm. seemed to I don't know go nowhere. So. It's a confusing one, so I can understand your confusion there, Daz. Um, well, EP but... will reveal a lot of a, a lot of these titles, um, uh, as well as um, Gamescon. But speaking of uh, confusing decisions, uh, we'll just we'll, we'll wrap this up by pointing out that um, Nintendo are reportedly mulling over uh, using Android uh, <laughs> operating system in the uh, NX. Which, if you're if you're not familiar, is their next generation other thing. We don't even know necessarily what it is. A lot of people are saying it's going to be some kind of a handheld 
um, home console hybrid. There's all kinds of rumours flying about, but the rumour just now is that they're looking at Android because it'll be easier to get devs in because they'll know how to work with it maybe a bit better than something proprietary. And clearly Nintendo are desperately trying to get third parties in because I don't know if you've noticed a bit where they're running away from Nintendo like rats off a sinking ship. Conversely, one big problem I foresee, you know, I'll, that if they had a console that is Android back, yep. Android is like, I'm not too sure now because I'm not an Android person, but um, isn't, Android Android for the very, isn't Android very susceptible to hacking? Couldn't like, couldn't this new console become very much a homebrew kind of hub, if you know what I mean, for lack of a better term, couldn't it be, become so homebrew and so hacksaw-focused that it could become a very niche market that they tap onto? That is a point that was raised when this all kind of played out, Daz, and like people were very quick to point out like that is a very, very reductionist way of looking at things because people forget the PS3 and PS4 are based on Linux. And, you know, naturally, there's always people who are like, it's based on Linux, it'll get cracked and hacked. Like, this not really happened in any significant way. Like, I don't think if they use Android, it'll be stock Android, and I don't think it'll be susceptible in any particular way. I mean, Android, in reality, is only slightly more susceptible than, than uh, iOS is. Like, iOS is just as susceptible as anything else. Like, it's all kind of swings and roundabouts, and in, in reality, I don't think it will make that huge a difference. Um, so, we're going to move on now, and uh, we're going to, to have uh, our regular segment where I get the opportunity to, to rant at Stephen, and Darren gets the opportunity to fall about his words and attempt to make a point. Um, so, let's head into the, the rant and the debate. Okay, so the rant versus debate side. Today, I've decided that we're going to argue for co-op gaming, which seems to be disappearing. Should we continue to lose couch co-op, or should it be something that we continue to work with? So, Richard, you can have for couch co-op. Darren, you can have without it. Okay. So, whenever you're ready, just okay. go. Give me a minute on the clock, just tell me where to go. You can go now. Okay, couch co-op is still a very important thing, which I think is always a good feature to have, because there's always times when you're going to have people there, whether it's Christmas, whether it's someone's birthday, whether it's just because someone popped by to say hi. You know, you can always have folk around or people there, and you know, you might want to check out the, the latest Mario game, but if you can't play it there with them, it's a bit unfair to say, like, let's take shots, and you might not want to do that. So you, you want to be able to have the option to say, let's play this together, let's have this shared experience, and that's what it comes back to, a shared experience. And there are certain shared experiences you can only have if you're on a couch next to a person, and you can say, you know, why did you push me off that ledge, you idiot, Darren, and then punch him in the face. Like, you can't... As good as online is, you can't really replicate that same experience online. So there's still something to be said for being in this the same place as someone and being able to share a uh, experience. Say what? Mm-hmm. Okay. Gauntlet thrown so, down. So Darren, it's now your turn. Okay. Well, Martin. Yep. Okay. Well, 
Well, I, I respect your points. I, I feel that, you know, a cooperative gameplay on a wider scale is a much better option. Looking at things like, not so much um, with share play, but share play is a viable option uh, in that sense. Looking at things like MMORPGs and how they've grown so substantially, you know, when you're playing for a common goal, Again, with people all over the world, you know, you can pull shared expertise from not necessarily people that live in the same town as you, but not necessarily the same country, but the same all over the world, you know, and having that shared skill set and that you can call upon anytime, anyone in the world is a fantastic thing. And you don't have to rely on me being good at a game, you being good at a game, Stephen being good at a game. You know, you can find somebody in this world that is very, very good at something. And ultimately as well, I think games like online team play, like FIFA and all sorts, like we play quite regularly, you know, it's a great thing for just bonding. You know, number of times we've kind of just spent a night just solemnly kicking things about and just chatting. It's great and I can't recommend it enough. Oh, team bonding. Oh, team bonding, friend. Um, well, friend. I, I've well, got to go with Richard on this one. Yeah, you do. Because he's totally right on the shared experience. Mm-hmm. And Darren, you did provide a fair point. But we, in this day and age, we have the internet to help us when we get stuck somewhere. I love couch co-op games, actually. Have you ever heard of game facts? I really, exactly. enjoy, I really enjoy just sitting beside somebody and just having a good laugh at a game. You know, and I don't think it exists it exists enough nowadays. If I was arguing that point, I could have, I could argue for both points. So, you know what I mean? So. Yeah. Well, anyway. thank you very much for the victory, Stephen. So let's head onward, and it's uh, now gonna be time for the video game name generator game. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll put the actual stinger in there. I don't have to have your, your voice to it. Okay, so um, <clears throat> I won't go back over the rules. You'll know them by now. We'll each get a randomly generated game name, have to explain it to us, and we will pick the favourite. So I am going to kick us off here. Um, and I pulled up the app whilst uh, Darren was talking, so I, I have mine. And let me tell you, it's a doozy. I have got... Uh, let me see if I can just show you this. I've got Lazy Spider Dance Mix. Okay, so here we go. Wow. Okay, guys, in Lazy Dance, Lazy Spider Dance Mix, I can't even say that, uh, you have to uh, control a spider who doesn't really want to do anything. He just wants to sleep. He's not into it, but you have to encourage this spider to dance because only through dancing can the spider truly be happy and create webs of um, immense quality and the way that you encourage a spider to dance is you use fire you use you you control fire in the spider and as you jab the spider with fire he dances and you make him dance to your amusement and you can feed it your mp3 tracks and then as the tempo gets up you get more fire and you can get special items that you can throw at him that will spread lots of fire and you dance a lot because he's a spider and spiders need to dance and as he as he gets the most possible points for dancing, uh, you'll win various uh, unlocks and songs and uh, modes, and it's an amazing game. And look out for Lazy Spider Dance Mix. <sighs> Time. How long do we have? A minute. One minute. Mm. I said my watch there, so. Okay. Right, Stephen Paul. Yes. Okay. 
Um, this is going to be an interesting one. Stephen Paul, you have Stupendous Werewolf Z. Stupendous. Sorry. Stupendous Werewolf Z. Stupendous Werewolf Z. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. I've got it. Set the timer. Okay. So, Stupendous Werewolf Z is a really interesting game where by day you are a detective who exclaims, Stupendous! when he finds something out. And it uh, turns into a werewolf but he doesn't know he becomes the werewolf, and you've got to piece together both parts of the story to get to the end so that he can then become human or stay a werewolf, and the choice is down to yours. It's entirely your choice, and your decisions affect how the rest of the game plays out. How am I doing for time? Have we got enough time? Uh, you still have a little bit of time, but you yeah, can call it there. I'll call it there. That's how confident you are about stupendous werewolves, see. Don't need to say too much. The game plays it all. It says it all. Right, Mr. Miller. Mm -hmm. Are you ready, sir? Mm -hmm. Okay, that's interesting. This is the first time I've ever seen a, a brand come up with a video game name generator. That's interesting. You've got you've got quite an interesting one. Does you have you can puzzle deathmatch? <laughs> okay. So this could be interesting. So your I time. Puzzle games. Begins now. Right. How many times have you looked at Bubble Bobble and thought, damn it, that's far too cutesy? How many times have you played Sudoku and went, meh, screw these wee Japanese guys, I want my numbers with a bit of punt in them? How many times have you done a crossword and said, nine across, how about you die? Duke Nukem. <laughs> and his puzzles. It's like a, it's a no-brainer. Um... Duke Nukem will uh, walk through the the wastelands, but as he comes up against the enemies, no, he also doesn't only battle them with guns, but he battles them with wit. You know, the enemy says to him, "You know, Duke Nukem, you gotta have six down," and then you go search for the clues using your guns to find the clues to fill the uh, the crossword. And you know what? It's you know the best thing about it. The fact it's a budget title, it's only two ninety nine, and anyone can get it. It's affordable. Damn. Well, that certainly was something, Mr. Miller, I must say. I've never heard anything quite like that. I don't think right. any of us expected that. I don't think any of us expected that. Um, I'm going to be controversial. I, I still think uh, Lazy Spider Dance Mix was, was the best. So I'm I'm putting I'm putting that out there. So I'm I'm just putting that out there. There was a lot of fire in Lazy Spider Dance Mix. That's I who you motivated Lazy Spider. That's that was a wee bit cool. Fire kills spiders quite a lot. And what mo better motivation than possible death? It's a lazy spider. It's not going to dance otherwise. You need the spider to dance. Yeah, Only through that art of dance. I'm going to give my vote this week to um, Lazy Spider Dance Mix. Yeah, I win. Yes. Oh. Mainly because <laughs> I didn't like having a brand in mine. It kind of skewed my view. I like things that are... Yeah, I, I've never seen it do that before. I didn't I like know to just have was... a fairly open book because that way I felt I was kind of typecasting a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But hey, at least we know that it's a possibility for next time. Um, so just to kind of concludify some things here um, about housekeeping, E3 obviously is a thing that is happening. 
Uh, there'll be an E3 uh, special podcast where we will just talk about nothing but E3 news and stuff. Um, so keep an eye out for that. That is happening. Um, but other than that, uh, we are going to head because there is a bunch of E3 stuff going on and it all needs to go up in TGR. So be sure to check out uh, TGR for all of your uh, up-to-the-minute E3 needs and goodness. And we'll be back uh, with another episode of the Gamers Rundown podcast. So from shock-looking Stephen Paul. Hi. From Dan and Miller on his gormless-looking face. Keep watching the skis. <laughs> Every time. And from myself, Richard. See you next time.